Welcome, friends, to random number 130. I'm Ox. That over there is Luke. And this week's a special one because we're going to be telling you all about the greatest things you should have been watching this last year that maybe you have missed. Because we're doing the top tens of the year. Uh, Our own separate lists, I'm sure they're going to be vastly different. Uh, There might be some that touch each other, but... uh, I'm pretty excited to see what your list is. I have a good inkling of what it is, but you never know. Yeah. I know you, what yours you is. That's a bunch of bullshit. No fucking way. I've very particularly uh, looked over everything we watched this last year, and I was like, meticulously, like, Luke will never see this coming. Right. So... You're like, I love Godzilla because he's a big boy. He's my boy. I love Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's uh, Strangers, Pray at Night. All ten of them. <laughs> Go uh, watch it. <laughs> uh, why don't you kick it off this year? Uh, well, what's I, your number ten? I said, did you have any honorable mentions before you wanted to jump into the tens? Or... Um, yeah, you go with honorable mentions first up. Why, why do I always got to start? You don't always. I've started last year. I know for sure I did. So... Mm. Uh, I'll say I'll start with just saying that uh, honorable mentions out to uh, Netflix for putting out a ton of product that was really close to making my list this year. Um, between uh, Marriage Story, Irishman, and Dolomite is my name, I think they put out these really amazing kind of singular movies that are well worth your time. Um, I, I would also say High Flying Bird. Like it didn't make my oh, list, yeah. but. Um, I remember, like, these were fantastic movies, and uh, I'm surprised you brought up uh, Irishman and um, Marriage Story, because a lot they've been on a, a few people's lists and whatnot, and, like, they are great, but um, think back to when we did our top tens three years ago, the first time, uh, and we fucking watched Bright, that, that, like, the first of the Netflix originals, and was like, look <laughs> at where we've come the last two years. Right, like they're actually putting out decent movies, (laughs) and they're just like they even threw out a list uh, the other day of like here's the movies that are coming out in 2020, and it's like like more exciting of a slate of movies than I see from a normal film studio, and they're just like giving these people money. They're so excited about film, and like I like that. Uh, Also, they put out uh, a great like three hour. Martin Scorsese directed Bob Dylan biopic. Like they're just like, sure, let's do that. <laughs> and I'm like, cool, I'll watch that Netflix. Good job, yeah. good job making these movies. Oh yeah, um, I think Dolomite was definitely on my list. Uh, it Chapter Two uh, didn't kind of ring as hard as the first one, but I still enjoyed it. Uh, that and The Wind, which surprised me for a horror movie, and then uh, Long Shot was one of those that I really fucking. Enjoyed, but just couldn't put it on the list for some reason. Yeah, then the last one that I really was like right there on the edge was Rocket Man. Like it was such a good biopic, mm-hmm. and like I loved everything about it, but just wasn't quite there. Yeah, I mean, coming off the heels of Bohemian Rhapsody, where that kind of fell flat for us both. I remember that uh, Rocket Man was just so refreshing, and like I'm glad they're doing different things with that. And I think Eggie's great for that role for sure. So, yeah, it's good shit all around. 
cool. So let's so, get on the list. What's your number 10 then? My number 10 is a French filmmaker's English language debut film called High Life. It is, think if you take Nolan's uh, Interstellar, but it's about prisoners and the idea that life is orgasms and there's a giant fuck room. <laughs> is this the Robert Pattinson one? Oh, it is, sir. It is. Uh, and this one's on Prime? It is. It's on Prime if anybody wants to check it out. It's a trip. Uh, it's but they... non-linear <laughs> storytelling. Uh, it's a set of like prisoners are doing these experiments on black holes in space and just everything that could go wrong. Huh. That will be definitely watched for next week for sure. Um, didn't he... What was his movie that he just did? Or that we just watched of his, either prior to this or after it. I don't know. What is the last Pattinson movie you watched? No, no, no. The director didn't he? Oh, just... it's a fe- it's a female. Uh, but what did they? What did she just do then? Nothing that you've seen. Oh, I, I haven't made you like watch it. Was anything. in fabric or something like that? So. <clears throat> no, no. Okay, right on. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna hate me. But it's got to be done. Uh, my number 10 is uh, the Fast and Furious edition of Hobbs and Shaw. One, I knew it would be on the list. Two, <laughs> you're fucking idiot that tried to explain it to me. Listen, there are... At, looking at the entire list, there's very few that I just had these fucking ridiculous, like, belly-turning laughs. And, like, I not only saw it the on Friday... But then getting to take my nephews to it and like laughing at the same shit, like the cars are fantastic. Like it's it's your basic Fast and the Furious movie, but it's not so complex because they only give us two characters out of like the seven they're trying to develop. Um, and I think it works so much better like that. I think. When you don't have a full team, the weaknesses become more apparent. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and, like, there's a lot of shit that doesn't make sense, or, you, like, you really have to stretch your uh, beliefs to make them work. But, you know what? I'm, I set it to the side for this one, and I was, like, I was just excited and pleased with the end product. It's just, it's so weird. There's this, like... The narrative dissonance between these films that grows more and more. Like even like the last few Fast and Furious, you're like, sure, they're an elite <laughs> car drivers who fight for the government. But in this one, they're like, they're superheroes, and we have a sentient motorcycle. And I'm like, do we? Oh yeah, do it's, we need this? It jumped the shark like back in Fast and Furious Seven. Like that was peak Dragon Ballness. Where, like, we're just getting bigger and bigger and, like, have to compensate and get bigger and better. And it's, like, it's just overwhelming at this point. So, I'm interested to see where they go with mine, but I'm sure it's just going to be a shit show. Um, but th- that being said, the odd numbers are their better films. So, compared to what 8 gave us, I'm sure they're going to ground it a little bit more. Um, but... Speaking of which, I just saw the other day that Netflix has a Fast and Furious series that follows Dom's son. 
And I was like, mm. <laughs> when when did Dom have a kid? I have no fucking. Well, uh, they named it Brian, didn't they? In in number eight. I th- that this this whole franchise is so convoluted. <laughs> I don't know. But I think it's also pretty funny to see all the the uh, behind scenes shit where like, um, fuck, I can't think of his name. Uh, but the. What Tyrese yeah. is out there being like, don't turn back on family. Tyrese is just looking for his next paycheck and like just upset that they won't crank these out year after year like Disney's doing with all of their properties. So it's just ridiculous to see how this has grown over the last 20 years. And considering this is what we got this year, I was just happy with it. So. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. I needed it to be tighter. Yeah. Um, I think that it's like 30 minutes too long because of that weird side trip to Samoa at the end <laughs> that didn't need to happen. Yeah. And that's like, that that's like two definitely and a half like hours where it like, like, no. gets, okay, this is a bit much for sure. Um, but yeah. Um, I'm interested to see where it goes from now. And like, I think we were back on number seven. We we're saying we're going to space at nine. So I would not be surprised at this point if we see it. So yeah. Who knows? At this point, who knows? <laughs> so what do you got for number nine, then? Uh, number nine, I have a movie that probably shouldn't be on someone's <laughs> top ten list, maybe. <laughs> but um, I just had a ton of fun with it. I think it's a well-executed, thrilling, small film that does everything it's trying to do very well. And that's Crawl, the Trapped in the House of Alligators movie. That's fantastic. My number eight is Crawl. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just really enjoyed it. Like, uh, considering all the movies we did see, like, the <laughs> the unraveling of it being in theaters and, like, me finding out, like, leading into it, like, was not expecting it to be as good of a movie as it was. Uh, and then it really just performed when we showed up. Um, I think it was Stuber that was out that week, and like that just kind of fell on its face. But um, was not looking forward to this one by any means, and it just turned out to be the uh, the one that saved the weekend for me. So, yeah, I mean it's it's a ton of fun. It's in it's playful and inventive with what it's doing. Um, at no point are the crocodiles like in any way like based on any sort of fact <laughs> like they're just murdering everyone but i'm okay with it i, I remember um, i like you like it was the quick it was just a in and out 90 minutes like just a fun thrill ride and uh it was and there's enough emotional connection between the father and daughter that like you want to see them it's not just like so many horror films tend to be like here's the fodder. Here's all the people you want to see die. Cause that's what you want to see happen. And this is like, I was more interested in their connection and how they were going to get out. Mm-hmm. Like the premise of it sounds just so ridiculous and contrived, but like when you're in the thick of it with them, like you're just, they're experiencing it. It's like, shit, shit. I have no idea how any of this is going to work. And like, it pulls it off really nice though. Fucking go see crawl for sure. Yeah. And- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it does have, like, 
what that last shot just sticks out in my head like it's just so well kind of ties back into the storyline and it's kind of triumphant and i was into it i was into an alligator eating people movie (laughs) shock hell yeah so definitely worth your time uh my number nine i feel like this is going to be a higher on your list probably uh but my number nine is going to be ready or not oh shit yeah man ready not's good is it on your list we'll get through my list i'm not gonna jump ahead I was ruining shit. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed Ready or Not. Um, that paired with Knives Out, like, for this year, um, was, was, were these un, are, uh, unexpected joys, for sure. Um, I think I heard the premise for this the week prior, and I was like, oh, well, it's just going to be like Clue or like Murder by Death, like that old cult film. Uh, that like a few people are gonna see and enjoy and like, I I want to see a double feature of this and Knives Out so bad like for a weekend. Dude, I am just mm, just eat the rich. Give that to me. Just fucking rich <laughs> assholes getting their comeuppance. Uh, but yeah, I remember uh it being like the Margot Robbie lookalike, and I was just flabbergasted on how well she did because. I went in expecting Margot Robbie and got uh, another insight, not incited, uh, <laughs> wonderful actress uh, portraying this uh, whole night of gags and the and yeah, and that's the thing is like yeah. it, that movie plays its tone very well. A lot of it is super comedic, but when it needs to get kind of serious and twist that knife a little, it does. And I mean, you give me two hours of just butlers and waitstaff just dying because they're in the wrong spot at the wrong time. I'm there for that for sure. <laughs> and yes, it's great. And you know, it it's on the nose, but I like the themes of you know the disposability of the waitstaff and like how they don't really matter to these rich people. And yeah, they're the ones getting hurt in this process and. I don't know. I really liked it. And then, you know, when you get to the end and goddamn Satan shows up, so blowing people up. I'm in. Oh, man. I'm so excited to rewatch this movie just talking about it again. Uh, it's so good. Yeah, it's real good. So, uh, what do you got for number eight then? Uh, for number eight, uh, might have been higher had it not been so recent, but uh, Little Women. Uh, I really, really like everything about this movie. And the more I sit with it, the more I really like it. Um, I think it's fantastic performances across the board. I think it's smart and it's funny and it's emotionally moving. (laughs) Um, I needed a good cry maybe and I gave it to me. Uh, But, you know, like there's just something so human and real about it all. Like, I love that they take that moment that they gave you in the trailer of this Joe's big empowered speech about how women are meant for more than love and they can do all these great things. And then the movie takes it one step further and she's like, but I'm so lonely. And you just get to this core of these characters and I just really love it all. I think uh, it rings a little true more with us uh, because like we're trying to break into to things with our writing skills and like we know that kind of fight of it. Um, 
but yeah, I said I thought about this multiple times this last week, and like I think had it come out around November, um, it probably would have made my list, but it didn't. Uh, just because it was so recent and like I'm still like ruminating on it and everything, but like I think the way that it's told so non linearly is the best part for it. Um, like just seeing different ways of storytelling and like everything that's involved, but more so than that, like everybody's performances are top notch. Even we were talking about this last week and like the neighbors like shows up in two scenes and is still so powerful in both of those scenes. Um, yeah. And then, you know, we didn't even talk about it, but fucking, you know, when dad's at war and then all of a sudden he comes back and it's like fucking Bob Odenkirk. You're like, sure. Bob Odenkirk. Of course. Whatever. Of course Saul awesome shows around. <laughs> but yeah, I think it does, did a really great job uh, in being, as tight as it was for uh, encapsulating two different stories and stuff, everything. So, um, you had say, said you'd seen the the movie prior, right? The old, yeah, one. the one with Winona Ryder. Yeah, yeah, not the old one. The the last, I think it was the last, <laughs> the last version I saw. It was like years 90, ago. <laughs> it was like ninety two or ninety three or something. Yeah, and that's uh, this movie does a good job of like showing the other sisters mm-hmm. like i feel like that other version is so focused on joe and i i get it she is the main character but i think this movie did a really good job of fleshing out the other sisters for the most part um i do think the one who get you know who gets sick beth is probably the least defined but that's okay because i was just sitting there being like she's got teeth in the dollhouse she's a fucking murderer just let her die oh, God. Oh, that is that chick, isn't it? That certainly is that girl from Trap Objects. I feel nothing for her anymore. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't expecting that for sure. Um, But yeah, to to speak more on what you're talking about, like, um, you're expecting it to, to go some scene back to Joe, some scene back to Joe, some scene back to Joe. And it's not like that. Joe's probably maybe a fourth of the story like they really do really do a great job of showing the other sisters and where they are and like trying to get transfixed on these moments um that leads to their sister passing away and then what happens afterwards um i don't think i've seen uh hermione i can't think of her damn name i can't think of people's names i Emma Watson. I haven't seen her in anything really. Um, and she played. The... You watched The Circle. Listen, nobody remembers The Circle. The hell with that movie. I remember that you <laughs> saw it. And I refused to watch it. Um, but yeah, she was incredible in this. And like, didn't uh, Dern get the or? Oh, that was from Mary's story. Um, but yeah, I think just a, a great casting on all fronts for everybody. Like, they really just pulled together and made this movie something special, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, my number eight's Crawl. So, uh, what do you got for seven, then? Seven is my number for Ready or Not. Nice. Yeah, I figured it'd be a little higher on yours. Murder. uh, Just because you enjoy murder so much more. Um, (laughs) 
It's a ringing endorsement. But I remember you going in and you were uh, enjoy- excited about this movie for sure. And I had no fucking idea about it. So, um, yeah, just yeah. put more murder. And I love, I love horror comedies, like stuff that like gives you the truthfulness and insightfulness that horror does, but also gives you a dash of comedy in there. And, you know, like there's not a big difference between ramping up the tension to a release than setting up a punchline. So when you can do both equally well, it's golden. Huh? What's so funny is the longer we're doing this and the, the more like genres we explore and everything, like I'm surprised and how much horror has to offer. Like, I think when we started this whole thing, you were such a fan of horror and I was just so against it because I'm a big scaredy cat, but seeing how it can be utilized in different stories, like last year with fucking strangers being on the list, like surprised the both of us, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then seeing something like Ready or Not that I just had so much fun and then you don't even realize it's horror until like you think back on it and you realize everything you witnessed for the last hour and a half and it's like, yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's played with a comedic tone, but it's definitely the story of a cult trying to sacrifice somebody. Mm. That's a horror story. <laughs> but yeah, horror and sci-fi are in brilliant intelligent genres that I think get shit upon and they tell really smart stories. Yeah, for sure. Um, jump from that, my number seven is one you definitely didn't see because it's an uh, animated feature, but uh, abominable. Is it abominable? It sure is. <laughs> number seven. Such a good fucking movie. Man. Why? I saw all the trailers and just like Here's a big snowman, and he makes blueberries get Listen, big. And I was like, why would I he? saw the okay. same trailers and totally went into this movie not expecting anything great. Um, Bud tells the story of, like, this girl processing her dad's death, early, early death, and um, the journey she goes on by herself and with a few friends, like, is really something incredible. Um, and to have like this pitched and show off other cultures we're not maybe aware of, I think that's an incredible thing for kids to have in their lives nowadays. And like, we're getting more of that, and I just want even more of it. So, check out Abominable if you haven't given it a shot. Even if you like, I saw the trailers and I did not get expecting such a, a praiseworthy movie going in but i really love the shit out of it and i'm probably gonna buy it once it comes out i don't know if it's out yet but uh i'm probably gonna buy it on physical media so i literally think you're the only person i've heard talk about it let alone talk about it in a glowing review well everybody else you know is fools (laughs) and i know you're not gonna see it because you don't like animated features but like um even looking at the list of like the short list uh, Train Your Dragon 3 was kind of disappointing. Lego Movie 2 was kind of a rehash. Um, and that was really it for animated features. So, like, to have Abominable uh, Frozen. outshine... <laughs> Listen, you didn't see Frozen 2 yet, have you? No, I haven't seen any of these movies on your list. 
Uh, Listen, my it's not so much that I don't like animated films. Yeah. It's that I don't like children. Oh, so yeah. it's hard for me to go out to see these things. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, definitely worth checking it out. Um, if you just need one of those pick-me-up movies for sure. Uh, so what do you got for number six? Number six is Knives Out. Nice. Uh, nice little double. My my Ready or Not and Knives Out double feature are right next to each other on the list. Um, I love Ryan Johnson. I think this movie's so smart uh, in the way that he sets up a murder mystery and then gives you the answer immediately so that you see the workings of it instead of just trying to play this who who did it game. Uh, and then even at the end, when you get to the end, it's still well, who did it and you get the big reveal. Um, I think everyone in the cast is having a fucking blast and they're just so funny. Uh, I've never wanted a tweet to be more real than when uh, somebody tweeted at Johnson the other day and they were like, do a Knives Out sequel and in every one, Daniel Craig has a different accent and you don't explain it. And Ryan Johnson was like, I'm going to be completely honest. I've thought about it. <laughs> and I was like, do it. That's incredible. Um, yeah, even having you talk about it even more. Uh, I knew it was going to be on your list, so I didn't necessarily think it was going to be necessary on mine. Um, I kind of put it in the same uh, slot for Ready, Ready or Not, uh, because I think that double feature is so worthwhile. Um, but yeah, this, this movie is smart in ways that you can't really quantify. Um, and I think that's, uh, in large part to Ryan Johnson. I think he's one of the best directors in the biz right now. And, uh, I hope he gets more shots. Um, not just because he deserves it, but, um, he's out there doing things and making original concepts like this. And like, people are just shitting on him because they did the last Jedi. <laughs> yeah. It's sad. Cause like dude has a track record of like all his movies are different and take these genre tappings. You're not used to and doing it in weird way. You know, like Looper is one of my favorite time travel movies and brick is this amazing noir film set in a high school. Like he's just, I love all of his movies, uh, but I get the, like it's playful and funny as Knives Out is, it's also like his indictment of our current cultural status and like the way we treat immigrants and uh, how the rich are kind of destroying everything is exactly what I wanted. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean that that's kind of what I'm getting at when it, when I say that it's smarter than it it has Clarence to be. Like Ryan Johnson has a great little way of of talking about these topics uh in the shadows of his movie um and i think that's what makes him one of the best directors out there right now um of course if 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 ryan johnson's on a project anywhere down the road i'm there for sure so if you haven't seen knives out it's definitely one of the best of the year you should be seeing it for sure Number six for me is motherfucking in fabric. <laughs> so, it's high. That is high. Listen, I over this past week, I told you I had the top ten ready. In fabric has slid from ten to two 
very many times. Like, every spot in between. I'm like, is this too high? Is this too low? And I got two more people to watch it over this last week. I was like, it's got to be right up about the middle of the list for sure. Because they came away with the same experience I did. It's like, what the fuck was this movie? And I love it. (laughs) See, I'm very much, uh, what the fuck was this movie? I'm impressed by its weirdness. But, I mean, wow. You picked a... I think I might have broken you over the years because you would have never watched this movie, let alone be like, it's the sixth best of the year. I I don't... Listen, when you said uh, it was up for watching, and like you rented it, whatever, I was like, it's whatever. It's going to be one of these weird films that he's picked up over the years and just has wanted to see whatever. No idea knowing what it was. But he had such this... It's just a such a ridiculous concept that works so well because of how it's being shown. And, like, <laughs> the weirdness only elevates it. Like, I fucking love talking about this movie, and I just want to buy copies of it to give to people so they'll watch it. Because I don't think anybody's just going to go out and rent this on a recommendation. And, like, it's, it takes pushing off a cliff. Because it's a very fucking weird movie. Yeah, it's a fucking killer dress. Like, yes, it's a weird fucking movie, and I fucking love it. <sighs> Hi. Do you have anything else to talk about? You want to talk about the butthole art in it, or the weird mannequin vagina? Nope. Uh, I think you just <laughs> mentioning it is enough for me. Um, even fucking Del Toro just saw it a week ago. He's like. Man, you guys need to see this fucking movie because I don't. I still don't know what the hell I watched, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, you're right, Del Toro." I still don't know what I watched, but I love it. Okay, it's so good. So go watch In Fabric for sure. Uh, <laughs> what do you got for five then? Number five, I have a movie that you weren't a fan of for a particular reason but i am a fan of for that exact particular reason right Bern? and that's <laughs> that is on cut on cut gems huh? you hated it because you hate adam sandler but i am enthralled by the performance he gave in that film like it's just really a nerve-wracking experience that i can't describe and he carries you through it the whole way like i am I want him to win an Oscar for this movie. He's so good. He is. And I'm not taking anything away from that. Like, I'm just so surprised that this made th- this high up on your list for sure. Especially uh, I know it's, out and shit. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just this. The film has this way of grabbing you and not letting go that you don't get from a lot of movies and you are completely at its con- like you have no control mm-hmm. like I get movies are a passive experience but this is one where like you feel like it's all going to go wrong at any moment and you are in the same kind of headspace as the main character it's an impressive feat and I think the Safdie brothers do this amazing thing of everything seems so real in their films uh 
the way they shoot it, the locations they go on, uh, their use of like high lens is give this weird super close up. Everything feels real mm-hmm. in a way that a lot of films feel produced. What's really funny is like we're a couple kids from the Midwest of fucking US and like we don't have much um idea of how New York City is ran, but I feel like we get a genuine perspective of it through the lens of this movie for sure. Um it shows New York City in such a gritty way that's not experienced in many films, especially around New York City. Um and I do appreciate that. Uh, like you're saying, the movie's just captivating in a way that's really strange. Um, taking from how I was talking about in Fabric, where I don't know why I like it, um, and you talking about how you do like it for various reasons, um, is so complex because I hate it because it it puts me in a a, a sphere of paranoia and like because i've lived this stuff because i'm very uh check to check been living for the last decade for sure um and to have somebody just throw around 10 grand 20 grand just for the hell of it um for his gambling addictions like it's too fucking much for me (laughs) right it's just like there i get it there's a line in this movie i think is never on the comfortable side of that line. Like it starts off in a bad place and just keeps getting worse and worse. And just watch this man for two hours. It's the wrong choice. Every time he's offered a possibility, he does the wrong thing. Uh, and that could be like taking you out from a character, but it's so real to who that character is. Hmm. Of course he would fucking do the wrong thing every time. And we're just going to watch him spiral down with the consequences of his bad choices. Yeah. It's really weird. Um, having people talk about this movie, like they, they hit on that, uh, very, very real sense of tension that this movie makes. But that last, what? 15, 20 minutes. Where they're in just oh that god when they're glass, in a shop glass case like it's so horrifying. Think about the claustrophobic feeling that this movie like envelopes. Like it's so crazy how well this movie does for all of that. So mm. I I know I was shitting on it last week, but like I feel like all the praise that it is getting is justified. Which is really weird because we've probably been seeing the hype and praise for for a month or two now, um, leading into Os- Oscars talk. But uh, yeah, I can definitely see why it's on your list for sure. I just don't. I just hate the meme where he has the fucking golden uh, baby Yoda. The Furby? Nope, it's baby. Uh, Yoda. <laughs> I hate all baby Yoda memes. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, my number five, uh, no surprise to anyone, is Blinded by the Light. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. Like, I think the story of this kid in the UK just coming to grips with growing up and finding music that helps like move the passion for him as well. Um, finding new friends through that as well and like giving them a reason to kind of get out of a shell 
I think it's just such a great way. And plus, I love the effects that they put the lyrics out on screen and like you sing along with the movie and shit. Um, was never a big Springsteen fan, but this movie really hits all the notes I wanted. Like Rocket Man did. Uh, this just is an, a different level too for me. Yeah, I I liked the film. I think it's a little shaggy around the edges and didn't quite get its Hmm. central point concisely enough to me I think Uh, and and your point I do like the way they tried to visualize the songs but I think they did the same thing a couple times and that ends up making it not as special Uh, but overall I enjoyed the movie I just didn't love it Well, that's all I'm asking give it a shot if you haven't for sure uh, because I think they really did some things well. They definitely did some things not so well. Uh, I remember talking about it in the discussion, and like they have this really fake green screen montage that really doesn't work well. Um, but like, oh the boy, rest does it not? Movies, I'm perfectly fine with. <laughs> so definitely check that out if you haven't. Um, what do you got for number four then? Number four. Kind of ties back into the talk we were having about Ready or Not and how there's a fine line between comedy and horror. And I think once you realize that this movie is super fucking funny, you enjoy it more. And that's and that's Midsummer. Um, how funny that movie is? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I think you need to watch it again and understand that it is uh, a breakup comedy and the like it has this cringe comedy element to it. It's very funny. It's a very funny movie. And I stand by that statement. I don't care how weird it makes me a look. Very funny movie. I'm still trying to wrap my brain around this. Um I don't know. Midsummer has been one of those that it's like near the top of people's list and everything. And I'm fine with it. It's a beautifully shot movie and everything. I think not being such a fan of horror, I kind of shied away with it. Uh, I'm not opposed to seeing it again to see if I can't see what you're talking about. But it's a very strange conversation to start off with. Um <laughs> I know we talked about Hereditary last year because, like, that was one that kind of just came out of nowhere for us. Um, And Midsommar was definitely kind of that for me this year. Um, I'm just trying to wrap my my brain around it being a comedy. Because... It's it's very funny. Um, I mean, obviously, there are... It is a horror film, too. Uh, But I think what they do to make because honestly outside of a few scenes it's not what there's the ending and the scene where the the like the two elder people sacrifice themselves is most of the horror elements of the film mm-hmm. and what makes them stand out so much because they're not super aggressive or anything about a lot of it is that it shoots this in pure sunlight there is no night in this film Mm -hmm. so you see everything exposed which i enjoy you don't see that a lot in horror and like thematically you know it's about (coughs) moving from one toxic relationship 
but in doing so, are you actually fixing yourself or going into uh, a worse one? Um, so like, I like a lot of the themes in it and it's also super funny. <laughs> like if you watch it, it's funny. I'm telling you, <laughs> listen, I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm really having a hard time grasping on the funny elements. But also every time I think of the Stan movie, all I can think of is the commercial they put out like a week after it for the bear in the cage. And uh, just have that fucking song running through my head. And it's like, See? that's fucking hilarious. And it's like, the rest of the movie, not so much. But also, I can see oh, come what on, you're dude. saying. Um, like, literally, I'm going to go on a trip with my girlfriend who I hate and want to break up with, but I can't because her parents kill themselves. It's comedy of airs. I'm you. a scumbag because I'm doing the same thesis my friend's been working towards for five years. <laughs> and I'm just moving in when- to steal it. God damn it, it is a comedy, just- isn't it? <laughs> It is. It's so funny. <laughs> Damn it, I'm going to see it. Listen, I don't want to see this movie again. I realized that in the last 10 seconds. But also, I fucking do want to see it and see these stupid elements in this damn movie. God um, damn it. And also, <laughs> the last thing is uh, Florence Pugh is great in it. Like, she had a a pretty stellar fucking year this year in films and like she kills it in this film uh yeah like i mean she went where, from like, fighting with my family to midsummer to fucking little women like what a great yeah, year it was a hell of a year <laughs> yeah but there's that one scene what oh i was gonna say that scene that's so fucking captivating where like all the women are crying around her and it becomes this like they're like She's having this breakdown mm-hmm. and losing it, and all these people come with her, and it's like this weird breathing control scene that, like, I was just captivated by. It was when you started talking about that, I was like, oh, he's going to definitely be talking about the end. Um, that's the part that sticks with me. Um, when, like, she takes the crown and whatever, and, like, she's kind of laughing, kind of crying, and, like, you just can't tell which it is like that's the whole movie for me and it's like I don't fucking know but also I understand (laughs) (laughs) this is your in fabric for me (laughs) yep we'll take it (laughs) alright number four for me is uh, Booksmart I thought this movie was so fucking smart and so goddamn funny um I really like how they did it. Uh, it is just kind of a, a super bad for chicks, but it's done so much better. Um, I think Olivia Wilde did some really great things. I think the casting's perfect. Uh, talk about great years uh, for that one chick who was also in Unbelievable. Like, she's having a hell of a year, too. Yeah. Um, all I... Listen, I really like Booksmart. I think it just came out so long ago. Mm -hmm. Like, that was at the beginning of the year, you know? Like, it just... In the end, like, I remember really liking it. I do think it's smart. I think it's funny. It just didn't hold anything through the end of the year. Um, All I can think about now, though, is the fact that Benny Feldstein is Jonah Hill's sister, and I did not know that until two days ago. Wait, what scene? The... Main girl who was not the one in that's Jonah Hill's sister. 
Yes. This is blowing my mind right now. <laughs> I don't, like I feel like this needs to move up on the list right now. Um, that's incredible. <laughs> Fuck. Now I've got to see this movie again because I really enjoyed it, and now I want to take that element into it as well. That's fucking awesome. Well, it it is on Hulu, so anyone can watch it if they want. Go um, watch it. Yeah. I don't even care. Go watch it right now. Stop our podcast. <laughs> go watch it on Hulu, and then come back and finish it. <laughs> but yeah, it's good. I I really enjoyed it. I think there was some. I think they tried a lot of things, so not everything hit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I didn't need the fucking like we're high and think we're dolls sequence. Like, I don't think that did anything. Um, but for every misstep, there's great human moments. Like yeah. when she tries to make a move on her crush for the first time and their awkwardness in the bathroom, like all that's really beautiful and well played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And to get scenes like that um, more and more, uh, I think it's, it is pushing boundaries in a way that needs to be done. Um I feel like giving more people exposure and something to relate to on screen is a big important thing that moving forward needs to happen more. And I don't care if we get moments like Ryan Johnson and everybody hating Last Jedi because it's so different and everything, but like taking chances is, is kind of the point and makes fucking cinema cool to talk about. Like if yeah. it was boring and everybody just enjoyed a few movies out of the year, like that'd suck. And I'm glad our lists are so varied to this point, for sure. Um, but yeah, fucking go go watch Booksmart because it's very smart and so funny. Like, and you have no reason if you have Hulu, for sure. <laughs> right. So, what do you got for three? Is it my turn again? Oh yeah, you just did Booksmart. <laughs> uh, number three for me is The Lighthouse. David Eggers follow-up to The Witch with Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe in this weird, amazing, super erotic film. (laughs) So uh, we're going to talk about this one for a little bit because I just watched it last night and I was... (sighs) Is this another in-fabric situation? (laughs) Where you don't get it? No, 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 no. I totally get it. Um, I think the detrimental thing to me is like, I would have loved to seen this in theaters um, because oh, yeah. watching it on a small screen doesn't do it justice because it's 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 very black or white. Um, there's not a lot of high contrast, so it's kind of hard to pick up on details and shit like that. But uh, yeah, these two are incredible. <laughs> Um, it probably would have jumped on the list had I seen it a little bit earlier, but I just kind of tossed it in within fabric because I figured it'd be on your list. Um, yeah. But yeah, this fucking movie is batshit insane. And I really was going to text you right after watching it like, what the fuck did I just watch? Um, <laughs> um, I, I think it's a film that liked The Witch. Uh its specificity helps ground it in reality. Uh, again, using real like uh, lighthouse manuals in vernacular from the time, everything puts it in this weird sense of realism. But I also think the film is what it needs to be in scene to scene. Um, I don't think there's an actual 
straight thorough line. I think if this is what this scene needs to mean, this is what it means here. And I like that. And also, oh my God, amazing performances. Oh my God, that scene where Willem Dafoe curses him is just like this like two and a half minute (laughs) amazing monologue that's also super fucking funny because it's about how Padson doesn't like his cooking and he's taking such offense to it. That oh he's my God. Him to the God. Oh my God. Such a good fucking scene. You take it back. You take, you tell me you like my lobster. All right. How about it? You know, I like the cooking. <laughs> like fucking crazy for a movie for an hour and a half. You're going to spend with just two actors is insane. Um, <laughs> And it drives you there. Uh, I, f- I feel like, like we're going to get think... off in the first half hour, and then it just fucking spirals way out of control at that point. Oh, my God, dude. And, like, I think the whole film, uh, with the sound design and the constant noise and the foghorns, like, it's meant to, like, drive you insane as the same way it is Pattinson, because it's always so loud and everything. Um, I love the (laughs) it's so fucking weird i love it i love i love that for most of the film i think it's about how they want to fuck i think that's the main thrust for a lot of the film um you mean the sexual tension between the two of them oh and it is palpable yeah like there's that scene where they're dancing oh my god i was like they're gonna fuck they're literally half a foot away from kissing and you're just like fucking do it do it and i think the foe is about fucking clocks him in the head like get out of here but like fucking christ this movie's just a whirlwind of tension for sure and, and you know by the end when they're fucking mixing honey with kerosene and drinking it straight <laughs> oh fuck this movie's something else for sure and then to fucking end up where we do and like I don't know what the like literally the last five seconds you're like what the fuck part of that was real and like I still have no fucking idea (laughs) but it just has so much that will always stick with me like that film I think the like you said a bigger screen needed yeah Uh, the black and white's beautiful the the compressed aspect ratio really works to make it feel old um the performances are great. Um, I don't know another film where you'll see a mermaid vagina up close like you do in this one. <laughs> yeah, considering uh, all the mermaid we've seen in the last two years, like this is like the definitive. Like we're getting in there. <laughs> and it's just oh my god, it's just this descent into madness. And like of like if you've ever lived with a bad roommate, you get it. Like oh, yeah. when Defoe's like showing his dominance by farting i'm like i'm in <laughs> i get it uh it's so crazy considering we saw shining like a couple months ago and like that was over like he loses his mind over like four months five months whatever and like this starts out the movie is like we're only here for a month i was like oh and like we get to that have like leaving point within an hour and it's like, oh, well, fucking, where are we going? Oh, there, we're, there's where we're going. We're going absolute fucking batshit crazy. Um, I love how it's like 
it's the next day. And, like, you get that sense of, like, is Pattinson really unstable and doesn't get it? Or is Defoe just fucking with him to show his power over him? But, you know, he's like, how long do you think we've been here? A month? Two days? Like, you know, you don't even know how long it's been. The, and you get the sense of unraveling. Yeah, the the parts that was fucking with me so much is when fucking Do- Defoe's fucking up the boat with the axe and then comes in the house and tells him he was the fucking one that did it. But he doesn't dispute it. Like, little things like that. I was like, what is happening? Who is doing what? I fucking don't know. And I, it's just so fucking wild. And there's also that uh, that amazing shot of a naked Defoe with lights coming out of his eyes. <sighs> like, probably going to haunt me my dreams for at least a week. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good. I really like this film. It's really wild. You should check it out for sure. Um, just too crazy. Uh from there, my third is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I really fucking cool. loved it. Um, right. I think Brad Pitt did a terrible it. job. Uh, go back to our review. Like, I just take break it apart. Like, I love it. It's just a day in the life uh, story. And, like, yeah, Quentin Tarantino does his uh, revisionist bullshit on history and whatnot. But, you know, I'm not, I don't care about that part. I think DiCaprio does a great job. Like his scene where he's in the bar scene and like he kind of learns how to act from the the little girl. It's like fucking a man. Like solid moments in that movie for sure. So yeah, I I get it. I just it's another in fabric, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't work for me. I get that I am the one percent who doesn't like this movie because everyone fucking loves it. <laughs> But I I see all the strong performances and I get it. Mm-hmm. There's just this the 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 ports don't connect for me. Yeah. I I don't want to do it. I guess that's fair. I'm not forcing it on you. You you saw it once, but uh, yeah, it's probably mm-hmm. going to be one of my favorites for sure for a while. So, um, I think Quentin Tarantino has Star Trek coming up next year or next. Is filmed right? No, he is not signed down for that officially. Oh, well, fuck. Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then, what do you got for number two? Uh, Number two. Again, I'm sticking with these films that uh, are very performance based, and that's the way they get me in and connect me with these stories. And that is her smell. Um, this movie just absolutely destroyed me for two hours watching this woman struggle and break everything that she has until she's nothing and then slowly try to build back up through a stage of recovery was just wild to me that they filmed it. It's a two hour and 15 minute movie and it's five scenes. This isn't like we're going to follow them for a year or two years, or it's here's five moments in time that tell what this a great whole fucking year story. for her too. God yeah. Uh, yeah. Just the, the review, like uh, we watched this the same week we watched in fabric, didn't we? I think so. Or maybe the week prior, but like, it's only been a month ago, 
go back and check out the review because like that week was tremendous because we had marriage story we had her smell and i don't know if it was in fabric but like just a heavy fucking week because this movie is immense for sure um i can definitely see why it's on your list it was on my short list um I was going to put it on recommendations, but I figured you had it on your list, so I didn't want to say it. Um, but yeah, such a great fucking movie, for sure. And you know, if you want to talk about like how Uncut Gems has this sense of tension, like I was like sweating when they lose her backstage oh, in that final scene. Like it was just so intense. Yeah. Um, but like midway through the movie, uh, she fucking comes on his backstage. Um, God, so fucking good. Go see fucking her smell for sure. Um, my number two is going to be Fast Color. Um, I fell in love with this fucking movie. I think it does everything smart about a superhero kind of um world and a heroine. Um, and it it touches on a lot of subjects that are kind of taboo, where like parents give away their kids and because they're not fit. Um, and they know that, but then they come and reconcile all that. Um, I think it just does a lot of good things well. Um, that in the color design fucking threw me for such a fucking loop. Um, when she's able to see color, uh, like she's been talking about the entire movie, like so fucking good, so fucking good. Yeah, I I like it. Uh, I obviously was the one who put it on to you so i get it but like i just didn't connect with it i guess the way that you do uh there's a lot i enjoy Mm -hmm. Uh, some of it just somehow feels too small for the story they're trying to tell i think yeah i can see it being built up in grandiose in a better fashion but i like that these are the starting blocks for sure because like i i love the emotional through line of mm. the whole film i don't think that there needs to be a, like a standoff with the police and this government at the end yeah but if there was it does seem very small like i don't, I don't know how to describe what doesn't work for mm-hmm. me there but the performances are great across the board um i think it's a very strong female-led film Mm. uh it's a very female movie it's very black movie uh and that's very much tied into thematically what they're telling about their differences with these powers and i really like that yeah um so yeah i'm interested to see what they do with this tv show they're apparently doing so yeah because that's gonna be on amazon prime right i think it's amazon that got it um so then what do you got for number one uh, are you sure you want me to go? Because I don't know you're going to handle this. Or do you want to go first? Uh, you go first. Okay. My number one Godzilla is two. a movie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's Replicas with Keanu Reeves and Robot. I'm Keanu okay for the phone to stab you. <laughs> uh, no, um, it's a movie that... I'm not even sure I like. <laughs> Your number, number one. one favorite movie of the year. You're not sure you like. Interesting. It's a movie that has enraptured me. 
Um, it's a film that I think about all the time that I go down like rabbit holes trying to figure stuff out within it. And that film is Under the Silver Lake. Oh, God damn it. I've like starting this whole fucking thing. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember he definitely is going to have that on the list somewhere. It like didn't connect that you hadn't fucking said it yet. Uh, yeah, that fucking movie is batshit bonkers. Oh my god, I don't even... Listen, it would be my number one if only for the scene with the music man. <laughs> and just him him coming out and being like, listen, there is no rebellion. Art means nothing. It is all commodified. This, Everything you think you love is bullshit. That scene breaks me in so many fucking ways. I hate it so much. But I get it. And like, it's so fucking weird seeing your list compared to mine. Like, it's it's almost in direct conflict with my list. And it's so fucking weird. Um, but I fucking get it, man. That movie is so strange. I remember fucking linking that fucking music man scene to somebody like, a couple months back, and you're like, oh yeah, this is definitely on top ten for sure. And I was like, this fucking movie is like the fucking last four of them. Uh, Lighthouse, Midsummer, fucking Hers- get fucking bonkers. If you want fucking bonkers Yo, movies, God. check out that shit. Under the Silver yeah, Lake if you want to see fucking bonkers. Yeah, if you want to see a movie where one, your lead character is probably killing dogs. Because there's something wrong with him. Uh, you want to see him fight off a murderous assassin owl woman oh and God. talk to a hobo king. I'm just trying to digest that fucking movie all over again. God damn it. I've been trying for a year. <laughs> uh, Fuck. This is so good. But, like, even outside of its weirdness which is what i love about that film because it is fucking weird (laughs) um i love that it does take a traditional noir story right this is the the femme fatale comes to the the detective and disappears and now he's trying to find her that's what they're doing with the story and they set it in this uh this idea of like late 20s early 30s and we in LA and how everyone's fucking fake and hates everything but they all think they're superior to it it's just this conflicting tones that shouldn't work and I don't think they do but I'm mesmerized by it all yeah like you know like it's like we need to go to this party to try and find this lead but I can only get in if I eat this fucking pot brownie and get super high and and we're listed to old it's so fucking weird. Uh, and like, I love you talk about it. fucking uncapped gems where it's like this tension and like I hate it because I've been in those situations. It's like the dude doesn't have rent. We start the movie out. He doesn't have rent. He doesn't give a fuck. He's going to fuck the neighbor for a good little while. Uh, because why not? <laughs> like, it just goes all over the place. And I love it for it. Like that movie is just fucking bad shit for sure. Such a good movie. Yeah. Just for the and music scene alone. It, 
that and it's it's too real in the sense that one it is this kid who gives meaning to his life through the things he likes and thinks that there's hidden messages in it that this everything's speaking to him uh and you know you factor that in with like the people who are so far lost right now and the idea that everything's this giant conspiracy theory and there's the deep state government running it it's too real like it doesn't come across what's so funny about that that entire concept you're spitting like this also feels very much like a movie me and you could have put together like when we lived together in like just the outskirts of town like just staying away from the norm and like just going out and doing it on our own and like it's so fucking weird and I love it and then we get the hobo king (laughs) hobo king (laughs) fucking name man So, uh, when I'm talking about direct conflict, uh, where you, you're number one, you don't even know if you like it. And like, it has these thoughts of looking for meaning, finding that there's none because it's all generic message to everyone. Uh, my number one is goddamn us because that fucking movie hasn't captivated me since I saw it earlier this year. Yeah. Um, I knew that you really loved this movie mm-hmm. and I just like it. Yeah. Um, I, I like what Peel did and does. It's weird for me to be like this other movie that I don't understand. And I spent <laughs> a year trying to figure out. Whereas this one, I'm like, I'm not quite sure it fits. Um, I think my main problem is, and it's not a problem. It's just not a preference. Yeah. I guess. Uh, in the film is that everything is being spoken to on a metaphorical level. You know, like a lot of this is just symbolism, Mm -hmm. like not real inherentness. Um, But I do like it. But you you remember that week running up to it, like all this shit was lining up and I was losing my fucking mind. (laughs) To the point where hours before I saw the goddamn movie, some kid walks into the fucking gym locker room and I'm getting dressed and he's just fucking whistling Itsy Bitsy Spider and I was like, oh, that's weird. And then it happens in the fucking movie. I nearly fucking, I left. God damn it, that scared the shit out of me. And like, it just fucking goes on from there. It's like, fuck fucking everything. Uh, go back and watch, listen to that episode because there was a lot more shit that happened that lined up and like just entrenched this damn movie into my mind for this last year. Um, yeah, um, I really like Lapita. I think mm-hmm. she does great playing dual roles. Um, I think Winston Duke is fucking hilarious, yeah. especially once you figure out he's just doing a Jordan Peele impression. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I think Elizabeth Moss is great for that scene, and Tim Heidecker. Like they're both. I think it's, like, it's great. Really, it's good. because like we started off this year, and essentially this was the best, the first one we saw that we really enjoyed. Um, and I remember you saying that you wanted so much more from Moss, and then you got that with her smell for sure in Spades. 
Um, oh yeah, God, so fucking good. Um, I just, I, I think my problem is as much as I love like when we get down there at the end underground and we're using like split diopter shots and it's this weird ballet dance between the two and we're playing that super awesome remix of I Got Five on it. I love all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think once they leave their friend's house, the film doesn't work as good for me at that, that back part. That's fair. Like, it, the whole thing just fucking builds and builds for me. Like, even the ballet scene, I'm like, motherfucker, I... am <sighs> Because I went in this movie just scared out of my wits because I didn't know what the hell to expect. And I think it's so cool that I like this movie better than Get Out and you're, you like Get Out way better than this one. Um, but it's yes. not by a, a large margin. We both still very much enjoy both movies. It's just one beats out the other. And like, once you get to know us and our personalities, like that makes so much sense. Um, and like, fuck. I keep seeing everybody saying that what it wasn't that great of a year, and like we just had fucking twenty movies, and we crossed over two, so like we enjoyed the shit out of eighteen movies for sure, and still had recommendations to go. So like, if you haven't fucking seen these movies, go find them because they're great. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, but I also think it was a shit year. <laughs> um, I think I had like 30 movies maybe on like my I liked because I always go by like here's everything I saw mm-hmm. here's the movies I like and then whittle it down from there uh, but like I mean we saw I think we saw like 120 this year and I'm like I liked 30 maybe <laughs> yeah uh, even when we were talking about last week I was like I was really super solid on the top five and then the other five were like, shit, I just enjoyed. Um, yeah, it's crazy to see our list. Like, even last year, I'm looking back and, like, we hit on a lot of different shit. Like, we've both been able to come up with about 20 different movies to recommend for these two lists. So, it's cool shit. Go see all that shit. Because these are the top ones of the year. <laughs> so, then what are we watching for next week? Uh, next week we have 1917. Yes. And Underwater. Underwater. Yes. And The Grudge. Mm. <laughs> Listen, do we have to? It's the Adder Cats. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> That's a real tough, tough, like... Uh, I'm captivated by everybody just not fucking like Cats is just such a train wreck but all I've seen from the grudge is train wreck too and like those are usually the ones that get me the most because (laughs) I'm fucking in and I'm gonna show up next week and be like I haven't slept without the fucking light on for a week because I hate you and horror movies are the worst Uh, and you're like that movie sucked and it sucked and no horror shit and I'm like fuck you motherfucker somebody's creeping out the back of my head i'll kill you you say you say you hate horror films but your number one of the year was a horror film fuck you i understand the ironicness nature of it fine we'll fucking see the god damn it i hate you 
I hate you so much. <laughs> John Cho's in it. You love John Cho. You're right. I do love John Cho. Fuck. Fine. We'll see Grudge. Booyah. I hate it. I hate you so much. Uh, are we got anything else on the docket then? We might, but we're just going to use that as a base. Okay. Right on. Uh, so watch all that stuff. Watch those movies from last year. Tell us what you thought. Um, you can find us on Twitter. If you so care to desire, uh, you can also leave as much as on here on Anchor if you so desire. But that's going to do it for today. Uh, check that stuff out. We'll be back next week for random number 131. I'm Ox. That's Luke over there. And we'll be seeing you next week. Peace. Unless a giant naked owl lady kills you.